You are listening to Ember Weekend, your week and recap of all things Ember. This is episode 41. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson, and we're here to keep you in the Ember Unloop. We're broadcasting from Hashracket HQ, and today's episode is called, And We're Back. We're back. Yeah, after a long, long vacation, we got to take a full week off of research and uh, and recording and editing. It's pretty. Yeah, and so, some of us did it in Jamaica. Oh, yeah, and got sunburned. Oh yeah, I'm so so sunburned. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess the first thing we're gonna start off, we're just gonna kick right into it with a blog post by Matt Eddy called "Ember Isn't Rails," and uh, the thing that I like the most about this. Uh, was his opening line where he says, and I'm going to quote it because I'll do a poor job of explaining if I try to paraphrase. After many complex calculations, grueling hours of gathering evidence, and some experience running Ember in production, I have determined that Ember is not Rails. I think that's a a really strong opening line. I, I think he's right, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I was I was surprised by this as well. Um, no, uh, it, so the the blog post is really well written, and it uh, it it's it's short enough to where you can read it in a, just a few minutes, and uh, it basically talks about how um, you know when you come from a Rails background, you want to try to do these mappings, and some of them work uh, for better or worse. They work, but uh, usually, like you just have to keep keep hammering at it until you kind of have this revelation of like oh like this is not a rails thing this is this is an ember thing you know and uh, he talks about how that came to him when he started thinking about routes and then when he started thinking about models Uh, and for routes you know he started thinking like when you think about routes and rails you're thinking you know restful routes and usually crud actions and then when you think about routes in ember you're thinking about how to get the data necessary to present something to a user and you know the actions for like create and update can all be handled with actions and via XHR, and there there's no need for a route for those things. So they they form very different things. We've we've talked about the mappings before. Uh, sometimes I think of like routes more as uh, controllers in in Rails. I think that is probably a more apt comparison. Yeah, yeah, I agree that route the route to controller way to look at it is is probably the best one. Um, and it and it's also generally a good idea to have really small routes you know like they do they just go look up a model they do some simple transformation the only thing that's a little weird about routes is that they also do manipulation of the url so like if you're going to slugify the id that happens in the in the route sure sure yeah but um but other than that i mean they're they're i like i like keeping the routes pretty pretty small they also handle actions though that is kind of weird like I think just just the idea that you have actions handled anywhere just immediately makes it so you can't have any good comparison to Rails because Rails is so you know it's just it's just stateless. Yeah, and that's uh, you know that's why uh, we have blog posts that uh, very clearly outline how uh, Ember is not Rails. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, that was a snarky like like callback to the earlier joke. Whatever. I don't know. I'm glad you clarified it. Yeah, I know. I know. We're coming back from a long break. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I thought this blog post was really cool. It's it's pretty insightful. I definitely wanted to reference it. So if you get a chance and you get a few minutes to free up, we're going to have a, a link to it in the show notes, and uh, you can uh, take a look. Emberland is back with episode 17. We worked with them in, in our episode 14 long, long ago after Wicked Good, and for a while there, they had more episodes than us, and then uh, you know life and things got in the way of their of their schedule, but they're back with episode 17, and uh, in it, uh, you can tell the dedication to uh, to keeping this podcast going because Robert is super sick and he's doing it anyways. You can he's like all raspy throated. He's got he's obviously got a cold or something. 
Uh, it's like like me three weeks ago or four weeks ago now. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It's it, it's the time to get sick. I totally understand it. It's definitely the time. Um, but yeah, in it they talk about a, a whole range of stuff. It's actually really uh, it's a longer episode. It's uh, like thirty minutes long or so. And in it, they talk about how uh, one of the things that I thought was really like a really great thing to talk about was uh, Ember Data 2.3 Beta uh, is a fully baked Ember add-on now, which is really cool. That's really cool. Uh, I can't wait till, uh, I guess the next step is Ember becomes an add-on for Ember CLI. (laughs) I remember remember somebody talking about that, that the the add-onizing Ember and Ember Add-onizing everything so that everything, uh, like basically make it to where we can remove Bower. Well, um, what, at that point, Ember CLI just becomes CLI. Like it, it, you could make it into Angular CLI by just changing the add-on you install. I suspect that's happening. Side note, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, th- this was really cool. And uh, some of the, the the easy wins that came about with this add-on thing, not only like the long-term strategies and goals that Ember has um, with regard to Ember CLI, uh, but also they allowed. Uh, the importing of certain modules. So since it's an add-on, you can actually import things like Adder and has many rather than you know importing DS and destructuring. So that's kind of nice. It's really nice to just have that at the top of the file and just oh my gosh, like you just see it immediately. Um, I mean, it's the same reason why you do the destructuring at the top, but it's very nice to basically avoid that one step. I think as more of these things get rolled over from uh, you know from global global land and into uh, add-on land, I think we're going to see more and more where we do less of the destructuring at the top and more just pulling out individual models, modules we want. So there's a big win there. And one of the other things covered in Emberland's latest podcast was a meetup that Robert went to in Austin, and uh, he did a presentation called A Tale of Two Pods. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Um, I have yet to really be involved in a project where pods was the main uh, the main thing or you know the main structure of the app. Um, and I kind of feel good about it now because uh, he covered how, you know, they've kind of gone through these multiple iterations and pod still isn't where he really wants it to be. Um, so maybe I'll just get a jump in when it's like already fully baked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of feel the same way, although I've seen some some apps with pod structure in it and, and it, it is really, really nice looking. So in this in this thing, in, in the first bullet on our on our notes here is that we're a little late to the party on this one. Uh, we've we've done uh, what three I want to say three interviews um, until the year in review episode. Uh, so like basically the entire month of December and maybe even one in November, I want to say were, were interviews. So we haven't had a time to we haven't had a chance to cover this. This actually was from the October meetup um, in Austin. And it was it was really good. Um, so yeah, you're right about pods. Like there's a uh, an evolution, and I think that it's really telling that the evolution occurred. Most of it, like he says, version one, then version one point five, and then so on and so on. And most of those things occurred in 2014. So that was before add-ons add-ons were baked into the into Ember CLI. Absolutely. Um, and then it was also you know before a lot of the ideas around what pods need to be really were understood. So there is an evolution here. And the current one I think is really cool. Uh, this is something I didn't understand about pods. So I was really glad to, to see this, uh, this talk, uh, was basically like why, um, why we would want to restructure pods from the way they were the naive approach of just saying type name, um, and inverting that so that they are all all the files are grouped together and it, it gets kind of complicated. Uh, he does a really good job of explaining it, but, uh, it has to do with, you know, things like, uh, being able to move and restructure uh, your your pods without breaking your templates, I think, is really the way I, I was thinking about it. 
So what they're going to do in the newer versions, especially with routable things, is so when you do a component invocation, it will look first in the local in the local route, so local to the route, and that'll be the local invocation. And if it finds it there, it will use that one. So that one has precedence. And then if it doesn't find it there, it will use the global invocation. And that means that you can, instead of actually fully qualifying your path to the pod, which would break if you move the pod, you can just specify the thing, like say it's a post, instead of having to say, you know, app components, you know, name all the way to, to the thing, the full the fully qualified path, you can just say post, and it will look in the local one. If there is one, it'll use it. And if not, then it'll look in the global. Yeah, and the explanation for what the global versus local is um, was really good. That, that they basically, the core team identified that there are really only two types of components. You have ones that are useful only in a given route. Like you may have a new comment form, um, and that one's really only going to be used inside of comments nested somewhere. Um, but if you had something that was more like a post show that might show as like a card anywhere on the page, um, that could be global. And so the the lookup of them work kind of two different ways. Um, and that's, it was really cool. He, uh, the, the other side effect of that was that that will lead to add-ons being able to have their own private components that you can't, they don't like clobber your things. Um, and then you'll be, you'll access the global ones for the add-ons through like a namespace. Um, it was like uh, the add-on name colon colon, and then the, you know, the component you want to use. Yeah, I de- I definitely like it. Um, I think I think it's really cool, and uh, I don't know. I it makes me it makes it feel like you're right. Like we're gonna get in this on the ground floor, not the ground floor. We're gonna get done on this uh, when it actually like is fully baked, and there's like a lot of thought going into it. And I think that one of the rationales behind this was not only the two component thing, but also that templates breaking when you move things out is kind of antithetical to how engines need to work, where engines are like right, and then you can move them wherever, and you can mount them to any point, and they just need to work. So I think that engines and pods kind of have like a lot, a lot of uh, interconnectivity. So there's been a lot of like, oh, I want this thing, I need to do this thing first. Uh, that's been happening to make sure that everything works together. So it's been interesting. It, it was interesting to see all that, and I think that it's, it's the the funniest thing in the talk, in my opinion, was uh, when they were they were talking about. Uh, like kind of the future and how it's going to go in regard to local and global invocation, uh, Robert just pauses and, or no, somebody asks a question and Robert pauses and, and answers. He says, well, we're already in make shit up land. Might as well stay here. So that was the question about the guy said, is that valid HTML to have colon colon between the namespace? And he's <laughs> like, no, it's not valid. And that's, that's the reason is that no, you can't accidentally clobber something with angle bracket components. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, it we're was already great... there. Might as well stay there. I thought that was pretty funny. Absolutely. But yeah, it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you're interested in uh, architecting uh, with pods. And if you already are using pods, uh, I think this will kind of help you to understand the the idea of what's changing in pods uh, that might be very relevant. So definitely check it out. It's very, it's very worth your time. So there's another great blog post out by Sugar Pirate. That's uh, Lauren Tan in the real world. This one's called Ember.js, Goodbye to MVC, uh, part one, apparently. So look forward to another part coming out soon. Uh, this one uh, goes over basically the philosophy of Ember and how it's changing from being uh, that the, the old school kind of MVC architecture of anything like like Backbone, all these all these antiquated frameworks that are out there to be more. I feel like I feel like you used two things that are very opinionated there. You said antiquated and then also old school. So may, maybe maybe we could be a little less harsh. That's up to you. I mean, it's up to you. It's your it's your podcast too. What, what was what was the saying? It was. Uh... 
strong opinions that may or may not be valid. Yes, strong. Yeah, we're gonna have a new section on the podcast. It's gonna be stronger, strong opinions that may or not may or may not be valid with Jonathan Jackson. <laughs> but usually, but you see, if that if that's the case, though, I have to be the one to do it because, like, uh, yeah, we 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 already game plan this, man. Come on, why are you why are you jumping the gun? You're taking it over. I feel like all frameworks are moving in this direction, though, so it's it's valid to say. Oh, absolutely, I think I think it has to. Do, it really has to do with um, some things that were primarily discovered in React, uh, React Land about like how to render efficiently and make sure things are performant. So, I think there are a lot of converging ideas here. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is also kind of due to I think a lot of people moving into functional languages and going, "Wow, you know, immutable data really makes things simpler." And you know, so sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yes. So, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it really slows down velocity. I, it makes it I, I makes know. it hard on me, but it makes it really easy on the renderer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess who won? But you get that. I've seen I've seen some of those things where it's frame by frame functional stuff, where you can kind of like replay past frames of your state, and that's really really neat. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, anyways, I'm sorry. We're we're talking about we're talking about MVC and how we're kind of saying goodbye to it. So. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, one of the one of the main topics here was like data downs actions up, right? Like that's that's like the the shift to from from this kind of I don't know observer based almost maybe kind of style to to data downs actions up, and that being the new way. Yeah, it's uh, it's just just immutable data basically. Um, you have no side effects in the um, that are just like triggered by observers on the you know on on inputs or something that. Uh, you you always the, the the point she made was to say you always know where the change came from, and uh, and that makes things a lot easier on you. Um, Ember Ember I think does it this in a really good way, where you have isolated places where you know some you know changes kind of bubble up into a component and get sent out to a route, and then it, it all they all end kind of in a service that has the actual state of the application. Right. So um, if you structure your application that way, you can easily know. Everything that's going to like say create a user is always going to happen in this one service. Um, so they in that in that sense they're very easy. She does go into this blog post and say that services can sometimes be abused, and you can end up with um, with too many of them that are uh, that are basically kind of just globals, and they 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 kind of mess up your application where everybody's including them, or say you're automatically injecting them in places, and so somebody's like, where is the song service coming from? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or where is this dot song? This dot get song coming from? Yeah. Well, you know this this goes back to uh, I don't I'm trying to remember the episode name or uh, number, but is right when we got back from uh, Ember training uh, with Eric, we were talking about how services are basically opt in soft globals. I don't know if you remember that that yep. little catchphrase that I was trying to to pawn off. Like basically, you know, the inject like keyword, the way that you have to manually inject things, um, as, assuming you're not using initializers kind of gives you a point to look at and say, okay, that's where that comes from and it kind of turns it into this like thing that you can track down. But yeah, you're right. The danger is has always been with services that you could treat them like globals and then you're just back to soup, you know, back to, you know, no no structure kind of days. And that's that's definitely, you know, a a, a worry for anyone who's trying to maintain an app long term. Yeah. And the the solution um or the way to look at it kind of she was saying, like when you're gonna make a service, you just ask is it really something that's a singleton? Is there really only one of them? Like one shopping cart, one playlist. Um, like so, you you might have an app that has multiple playlists. So in that case, maybe a service isn't the right place for it. Um, but if you have an app where there's only one, like maybe there's a currently playing list, like the a queue or something, 
if that's a singleton, probably belongs in a service. It's a, it's a very interesting blog post. I would definitely read it. Yeah, and I, I saw on Twitter that uh, that there's uh, there's going to be a part two of this soon ish question mark or is that already released? I feel like I feel like I'm like out of the loop on uh, on the Twitter. I sphere. didn't I didn't see a part two yet. Okay, um, and this came out on the third, so um, assuming like three weeks between a blog post or something. Yeah, so definitely keep your keep your eyes peeled for the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Definitely check it out. So it showed up in the uh, announcements channel on on the uh, Ember community Slack that jQuery um, jQuery one twelve uh, dropped, uh, but um, Ember uh, Ember apps and add-ons use caret one dot one one dot three, so so that allows the 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 add-ons to bump up to the one the, to the newly dropped jQuery version, which is one twelve. However, uh, there is an Ember assert that doesn't allow one twelve to be used. So this has been fixed already. It's on master, but uh, if you run into an issue with this and you notice it's jQuery, um, pin temporarily pin your bower.json jQuery to one dot eleven three, and that should fix your problem. Uh, this is uh, this is. Like I said, it's already fixed on master, but it's definitely something to be aware of. And we saw it in announcements, and we thought it'd be a really good idea for us to mention in our podcast in case, you know, anyone runs into this problem, and uh, and and is you know is bamboozled. Do you know what the um what is the actual cert doing? Is it trying? Is there is there some behavior in one that you didn't want? I you know I'm not sure why the assert is there. I know that it's just a regex that looks for it. Um, but uh, I I actually I actually don't know. It's in the PR that we're going to link to in the show notes, I believe. So there's definitely more detail that we can look up um, if, you, uh, if you're interested. Thanks for listening to Ember Weekend. If you'd like to follow along, visit us at emberweekend.com. Or you can find us at Ember Weekend, all one word, on Twitter, or subscribe via RSS. I'm Jason McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll talk to you next weekend. There's a, um, there's a turkey costume that's staring at me right now. <laughs> staring at me. I don't know why. I, every week this is, this is unsurprising since Thanksgiving. Just, just staring at me. <laughs> He's like up on a steak. Yeah. <laughs> like like Lord of the Flies. It's not an actual turkey. It's a turkey costume. <laughs> <laughs>